Welcome to Friend Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Hello, Rat and Ron, and welcome to episode 15. 15, 15, 15, 15. It's been one of them, clock it in, knock it out, clock it out, about to kick off the weekend. There's a cold calling my name. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're doing over there, D-Law. Just the usual, yeah. everyday, all-day little drinking fest, all by yourself. Yeah, it's been a tough week but here we are on friday drinking well well no we're doing a show first we're podcasting um i don't really have anything i think we just go right into the recaps yeah it's been uh yeah i agree there's you know i i let's let's kick it off here so i'll start here um actually you want to start We'll start with the Florida Tampa Bay series. This I like is that. That's a good series. This, Let's do it. This is going really unexpected from what I th- thought. I thought the Panthers you know, are upside down. They're lost. I, I think it's the jinx. I think it's the President's Trophy jinx is returning. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because um, they're in trouble. They're down 2-0 going back to Tampa Bay. and Are you I, thinking sweep? Well, I... <laughs> I still said in seven games. I don't. Well, I mean, game three, the all important game three. Uh, Florida has got to come out with a better, uh, but better effort. Um, but the Panthers took an early penalty, twenty seven seconds into the, uh, game one, and I think that probably um, set the tone for the series. Uh, I believe Tampa Bay scored on that power play. I believe they did. And, uh, Duclair, actually, no, I think Florida scored first. Duclair was a healthy scratch in game seven, and he scored the opening goal. Yep, I was just um, going to say that. That's right. And uh, do you realize that the Panthers, they're almost taking a page out of the Predators books as far as power plays in the playoffs. They are all in 25. That is not going to get it done in the playoffs. That is a huge, huge, uh, you know, if anytime you get a power play in the playoffs, you've got to take advantage because, you know, there's obviously limited scoring chances in the playoffs. Right. Um, but uh, Uyghur's having a tough series so far. Game one, he got called for a hooking on Kucherov, but uh, again, the officiating is uh, something left to be desired. Uh, Kucherov grabbed his stick. I mean, it, it was definitely a hook because he, he he had his stick around his waist. So, yes, yeah, that, that's a hook. But Kucherov grabbed his stick and pulled it out of his hand, and they didn't call anything on, on Kucherov. Uh, you know, I want to bring and, – and, and, and then Tampa Bay scored on that power play. D-Law, remind me later in the show – about the hook elbow squeeze. Just re- say that later on. Uh, yeah. Okay. Just remember, remember that. Remember that. Okay. That, that's a good conversation you just sparked for us to have. Yeah. I, I mean, I never think about doing that, you know, when I'm playing. I, I always think, oh, I'm going to do that. I just never 
course, I don't really get a stick in my waist. It's usually in my face. Um, you're not, 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 and I'm not trying is to be, rhyme. Is that, be, is that because what, you're one of the hated players and they're headhunting, or is that just because? No, just because, because, because beer league, uh, you know how sticks get up in the air and stuff like that, and they were like flopping around and off balance and well yeah my first time on the ice i thought i was gonna go about 100 miles an hour like an airplane because i my arms were swinging my stick was like a propeller <laughs> you I didn't have I, I thought i was gonna have liftoff you didn't have enough downforce i have plenty of downforce <laughs> we'll see that when the TV launches. Yeah, yeah. um uh, but the lightning i mean they somehow keep get it done they keep losing players see uh, like i but i but we've talked about this they are they are a playoff team they know, like, they may not play great during the season. They didn't come in in a big, desirable position in the playoffs, but they know how to win in the playoffs. They're a team that's been together. I mean, that's same with St. Louis. Like, those are teams that that are are playoff. You know, they're they're capable of playing in the playoffs. They've been there. They've done that. So that's why you can't count Tampa Bay out. Yeah, but they're important players like uh, Sergeyev and Cernak. Um... Uh, Chernak, sorry, I screwed up his name. Uh, he they both left in the first period. Now Chernak did come is back. There, is there? Uh, we might have to edit yeah. that. But is there like a, a Florida sniper up in the fans, like just taking these guys out? Like what is well, going on? They're dropping like flies? Uh, Tampa Bay's blocking shots. That's what it is. Uh, they just keep blocking shots. So that, you know, playoff uh, team. They know what to do. And uh, Stamkos left the game twice. Uh, one was a block shot. One was a, his hand or something. I don't know what happened there. He went down, and I, I don't know. It looked kind of weird. Um, do you feel like uh, fall awkwardly on it, or uh, I? I almost it almost looked like he kind of uh, he did fall on it, but it didn't really look like a lot of the weight went down on his on his hand. Maybe but, he just like jammed it. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a good series. I I just think that they're, they're yeah. playing really uh, really strong. Per- Perry and Warhope self inflicted taking a shot half the post came back and hand me had to go get stitches. I've and always then, wondered why it, get why guys do that. Well, I'm always hitting the post too, but but you wear a helmet. Well, yeah, but it doesn't come back and hit me in the head either. Well, you're not also shooting a nine-hour wrist shot. Although the other night in my game uh, Tuesday night, hits the post and it drops dead in its tracks, it, and it goes in. No, there's no <laughs> bounce. <laughs> I, I'm lucky if I even hit the post. But that, but, that thing takes a sundial but, to time but, it from the blue line to the from the point to the goal crease. But speak if it even gets there. But but. But speaking of the, uh, uh, I was taking pucks out the face Tuesday night in my game. I'm playing center. I'm up near the blue line, um, and I the puck's like bouncing and it goes up in the air. And, and I, did you jump and headbutt it? No, I, I I didn't have to jump. It hit me in the chin. Hit me in the chin, and and then I picked it up and got it cleared it out of the zone. Passed now, it right to my now, wing. Did your winger. chin hurt? Did your chin hurt? No. Luckily, it wasn't that hard of a shot, or I don't know. It was like bouncing around, so it wasn't. You know you a, get it hurt. wasn't a you know, shot. You should start a trend. You know the football chin straps, those hard colored ones. <laughs> you should get one of those for your hockey helmet. I could just stick in the church. 
you should do it for one game, and then you have to take a picture and post it to the Bread Wings social sites. I'll have to find you one. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. Just buy one of those real big hard ones. <laughs> Wear it like a little football helmet with no, no football face mask. But, but getting back to <laughs> getting back to the lightning, uh, taking pucks out their face. Uh, not only did Perry, you know, his self inflicted one, Sergachev and Chernak bolted in the first period, <laughs> and they're blocking shots too. So, um, but that that. Uh, I don't believe that was off a block. That was, uh, it was just. Uh, I think it deflected. Yeah, it deflected. And of course, Stamkos, he actually left the game twice. Uh, I believe yeah, I there was the two, two, two different injuries, I believe. Or maybe it was the same one. I don't really, I don't recall. But uh, actually, I think, I think they, I think I remember saying them, uh, one was a lower body, one was upper body. So I guess he's. he's- all over and I guess, I guess if if he's if he's injured uh, I guess they don't really have to disclose it because they, they could say oh upper body and he, they wouldn't be lying <laughs> um, but game two uh I thought Florida was gonna win this game but I don't know what Weger was doing I mean he's he's a really good defenseman he's played a had a great season. But he just had a mental breakdown, and over, uh, no, it was not overtime. It was like ten, two, like three seconds left, or something like that, in the game. Uh, There's already a uh, Florida Panther uh, guy uh, behind the net, and uh, who was a? Uh, 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 I'm drawing a blank on the Tampa Bay guy that scored the goal. Um, uh, um, uh, Sorelli, ticket Sorelli in, in game two. The, the game-winning goal. Uh, Weger, his mistake, he went... Are you talking game two? <sighs> game two, Weger, at the end of the game, Weger made that mistake. He went behind the net. That he That's what resulted in Tampa Bay's game-winning goal with three yeah, seconds was, left. Uh, yeah, Ross, Ross Colton. Ross Colton, Ross Colton. Yeah, he scored the goal. Uh, because Weger... What is he? I, like I said, it must have just been one of these mental breakdowns. Because, I mean, I don't know. He must have saw his teammate behind the net. There was a defenseman, Florida Panther defenseman behind the net. And then Weger went right. He just like beer high. I'm just thinking... All I could think is, you know, that's what beer league players do. You know, he just but went think, right, right to what, the back of the net, and that left Surly wide open, nice pass, and he was right done. Colton, and, yeah. you know, Uyghur should have turned around and, and uh, you know, played uh, defense on the on the, on Sorelli. Or now Colt, here's, Colt. here's a thought for you, D-Law. Because that game ended, I mean, that was just a tremendous, unexpected, heartbreaking. That was a heartbreaking <laughs> loss. It should have gone to overtime. And officially, with four seconds left, they lose the game. That message, that tone, that heartbreak, I bet you carries into game three. It might. It's going to take the win uh, out of their sales. They're not a playoff team like Tampa Bay, so they're not going to come back. I mean, they just – I mean, yeah, they they won the President's Trophy, but – they're not a playoff cal. I shouldn't. It's hard to explain. They're not. Not that they're not a playoff caliber team. They're just not experienced enough in the playoffs, and it's showing against a team that's been here. They've done that. But 
the one thing that's that's in in Florida's favor is they've had a couple of days off, so it's you know so that you know by the time that they could play, be a bad thing. They could, that, they you know could be that well, up. well that but it, it you know they might you know they're professionals they, you know they might put that behind you know because because you know the way the end of that game you know that you know they they just gotta have. Uh, a short memory, you know, put that behind and move on. So I but think that's the, what I mean. Like they're not I a team that's that, been there. Can they I, do that? I think well, they're professionals. Every team can do that. Yeah, um, but there's different levels of professional. I mean, you've, you've got guys like Stamkos that's got two cups. I mean, we'll go back to Iserman who's got, you know, three cups. And you look at this is this game is taking a, a young transition. I mean, look at Janos coming into the league. You've got Raymond and Sider. I mean, those are some young guys. And yes, they're talented players. But when it comes to the playoffs, like, what would they do then? Yeah, I mean, it's a whole nother game. And Florida just hasn't been in the the number of playoff games recently as a squad, as. Um, Tampa Bay has. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I'm so looking forward to this next game just to see the response. You know how you know the the first the first few minutes, maybe first, even the first ten minutes is going to be huge in this game three. I mean, they're going back to Tampa Bay. The crowd's going to be uh, just amazing. Um, yeah, I, but we're going to have to wait till Sunday afternoon. <laughs> um, which you know, t- tonight there's just the one. Uh, no, t- tomorrow. T- uh, we'll, we'll get this uh, one uh, later when we go through the schedule. But you know, there's only one game yeah, tomorrow. We'll, so, yeah, we'll but um, I think that's pretty much all I have for Florida Tampa Bay. Um, I'm I, I'm interested in the response because Florida, if they don't respond, if they don't come out early and set the tone they're going to be lost in that crowd in that stadium or arena. Like they need to come out and set the tone quickly yeah. and then and they, they need to keep the pace and play like the team that they were that won the president's trophy. They just need to step it up a notch. And they need to quiet that, quiet the fans out from the start. Cause early, if, Tam, yeah. if, Tam, if Tampa Bay can get that early momentum, they're, they're Tampa is going to come up flying out of the gate. It's being at home. About it. They're gonna to want to come flat out. They want to. They're they're gonna to want to get a goal in the first couple of minutes. Yeah, think think about this though. If you were the Nashville, okay, let's say the Nashville Predators have just won back to back Stanley Cups, and now you're you're on a you're, you're coming home after a two game winning streak on the road. No, that and, place. And what game. do you think that place is gonna be like? Back they in twenty, 20- they want the third man. They want they want to win. Yeah, and, and those fans and, are going to be ballistic. And ever, you know, as you know, game threes. They, they always say game three, and as well as game five, is very pivotal. Um, I, you know, in this case, I think it's more important. Um, you know, especially since you know Tampa Bay, that's their first first home game of the round. So you know, and of course, the fans are ready and they're amped up. And you know, I don't know if they tailgate like Carolina does, but. I don't don't know. I've um, never seen the atmosphere, but I can only imagine it is going to be off the charts. And um, oh wait, no, I was looking at. I wasn't looking. It was Tampa Bay. I was was thinking it was Tampa Bay. I was actually looking at tickets for Carolina. Um, 
course, it's all sold out, but they're like they're they're going for a couple hundred bucks. So I'm like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. You know what? I was just looking up there, D Law. The um the last team to win three Stanley Cups in a row. The Islanders was the 1980, 81, 82, and eventually 83 Islanders. Yep, Edmonton's come close. They had 87, they had 84, 85. Montreal stole it in 86. Then there was Edmonton, Edmonton, and then Calgary stopped them in 89. Then Edmonton came right back. And then we're in the early 90s, and Pittsburgh won it back to back. And, um, so yeah, this, this could be, this could be interesting. Yeah, um, so another interesting uh, Eastern Conference, uh, Carolina and the Rangers. Uh, I, yeah. I, I haven't really seen much of these. Uh, uh, I've seen a little bit, but I haven't, really haven't been able to watch uh, much of these first two games. Or actually, it's game two tonight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, both of those game twos are tonight, but it's it's been a fun series. You know, it's it's been competitive. Um, you know, there's been a little bit of rough stuff, nothing too crazy. Uh, but Chido comes out and um, you know he he gets his second goal. You know, early. Um, you know, the Rangers just they they dominated the play throughout the first couple of periods. They came out strong, had a one nothing lead, and you know went through the second, no goal scored, and I'm I'm certain you know Rod Brendamore probably went into the locker room and set a tone and set a message with his guys that, you know, now is the time it's, you know, it's go time. We're in, we're in the third period. It's time to get moving. It's time to get, you know, playing the game that, that we know how to play that, that got us to this position. They come out in the third and, um, you know, they're able to, to get a goal. Sebastian Ajo comes down, um, nice play right in the slot scores, um, you know, his, his third goal of the postseason. So, you know, great play that ties up the game that set the message that I'm sure Brenda Moore wanted them to come out and do. And they end up going to overtime. But before we get to overtime, um, you know, it's funny because Reeves was out there and he was trying to stir up trouble. He was trying to draw penalties. He was just playing that, that kind of goofball. I don't even know what you would call it. Like tough guy instigator type player. Um, and Carolina just ignored it. Like if you watch, they didn't engage it. They actually, you know, the guys would come up and skate people away from, from Reeves. So they wouldn't engage and get drawn into a penalty because you got to think about it. Reeves is not a goal scorer. Reeves is not a guy that's going to go out there and, you know, the coaches are going to say, okay, Ryan Reeves, I need, it's good. It's your turn. Like we need you out there. We need you to put in that, that goal. Like let's win this. Reeves is not that guy. Zajanabad. He's that guy. He's the guy that the coach can pull up and say, hey, go get that goal, and you got a chance of getting that goal. Ryan Reeves is not. Ryan Reeves is out there to try to get some of these better players off the ice. So get in a little skirmishes, face wash them, you know, because if Ryan Reeves is in the penalty box, New York doesn't care. Who cares? What does that matter? But if you take a guy like Ajo or, um, you know, you, you pull him into the penalty box because he gets caught up in the nonsense – well, now you've got a pretty good player who could make a difference in the penalty box, and Reeves wins. He wins, even if he's sitting in the penalty box. New York wins because they got one of your better players off the ice. So in the third period, I thought Carolina did a great job of just not 
mingling with that, not getting involved with it. It was a team effort. I mean, there were several times where they would literally usher the, their, their line mates away from Reeves and just let them stand there and chirp. So I thought that was great discipline on Carolina's end, and it ends up paying off. They, they end up getting the game-tying goal. They go into overtime. And then Ian Cole, his first goal of the preseason, or the uh, yeah of the postseason, and he's just having you know that that was not you couldn't find a better time to score a goal. So Uh-oh. you've got Ian Cole skating up, gets deep in the offensive zone. You know he's typically on the blue line, but he gets deep in the offense offensive zone, and his partner um, Brendan Smith, ex Red Wing for all you uh, Wings fans out there, takes a shot from the point. The rebound comes to Cole. He pulls it back. He waits. He waits. He waits just a split more second. And then he found the gap and took the shot. I mean, the patience was there. I mean, it it, it was just a tremendous play. Um, and it actually, unfortunately, and this is why you put the puck on the net. Like, this is why, you know, it's never, ever a bad idea to shoot the puck towards the net if you have a lane to the goal. Because this goal ends up taking a, a bounce off a of Lindgren stick, you know, right past Jesterkin. So putting the puck on net is going to be key in this series because anything can happen. And if Caroline wants to continue to win this series, they got to continue to inno- ignore Ryan Reeves and just play the game that they've been coached and trained to do for the last several years. I would love to see Caroline in the, in the Stanley Cup. I just would. I love the fans. I love the atmosphere. I love their traditions. I just think it would be, I think it would be good for hockey. I think that would quiet down some of the naysayers who don't like some of the things that their fans and their crowd does. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I think they continue. It's not an embarrassment to the league. It's none of that. What's the difference if they go out there and clap their hands at the end of a game and the crowd does it with them, or if they skate in circles with their sticks in the air? Yeah, we'll wave at the guys skating in circles. Yeah, we know you appreciate us. Great. But now they're getting the fans involved. They're selling tickets. I think it's tremendous for the game. Yeah, I don't I don't understand how anyone can not like that. I mean, it's just it's they're having fun. I want to go to a game just to go. Yeah, like I said, you know, I was looking at, at tickets, and you know, of course, they're all sold out, and so they're all they're all um, uh, resale tickets, and they're like the oh, wait cheapest, a second. Wait, the wait, cheapest so one, like a hundred fifty bucks. So all these fans and everybody that that are idiots, they've they've sold out every game of the playoffs. Well, I guess they're doing something right Bunch there, Mr. Jerks. Sherry, and everybody <laughs> naysays them. Yeah, well, I love they, your grapes. I love your grapes, but. I don't agree with you on that one. They had the last word because they made a killing out of that. Yeah. Yeah. They do. <laughs> Without t-shirts. I, I, I hope they make it to the finals. I do. I really, really hope they can find a way and Cinderella their way into the finals. But yeah, it's a good series. This is a fun series to watch. And I think this is, you know, I say this to every series I recap and I'm going to say it again, but if you want to watch a fun set of hockey games, you know, both of the, the Rangers and Carolina and Calgary and the Oilers, they're, they're exciting right now. Um, D-Law, you got anything to add about the Rangers, Carolina, or anything? Um, well, you know, I, they're going to be starting game two pretty shortly within a few minutes as we're yep. recording this. So, um, but, yeah, I, unfortunately, um, when was the game one? Was that Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah, okay, yeah, it was Wednesday. Okay, yeah, yeah, I was too busy um, on the on the ice. I don't hear it. I was oh, in that. 
I was in that. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was actually playing pretty good too till the Did end. Did you win or lose? Well, I gave. I fell apart. No, in the no, end. No. Did you win or lose? I don't remember because it's not. Oh, it, it fans of the Red Wings, we know what that means. It wasn't a real. It wasn't a real game. It was just like a kind of like a scrimmage pick up type pond hockey yeah, thing, like a drill type kind of league. Um, but I mean, I was playing really good, and then I, well, my defense kind of let me down. But I'm not going to go out my defense. But I just fell apart in the end, like I usually do. I don't know. So I mean, I got I got a hockey camp coming up in a couple weeks, so maybe they can help. Now, folks, if this isn't the most dedicated beer leaguer you have ever met, I don't. He's open. He's a free agent, folks. He'll travel. You just got to pay for lodging, and he will come and make a hundred percent difference on your team. And he's going to be a camp, so you better get him soon after the camp while he's fresh and doesn't forget. Yeah, and then. Then, he's available. So and then, if anyone's listening from Nashville, he's looking well, at a league in Nashville and a job and a place to live. But, but coming up, yeah. But then coming out of that camp, I'll be playing five nights a week. So not, uh, not. So he's only going, available but... one night. <laughs> Two nights. Well, one. No, we no, gotta have one, one for travel. One I gotta do, or one for podcasting. Yeah, well, that, I can we do can that, do that after ice. one of your games. Oh, I could do it on the ice. Yeah, well, I want to hear you live. Let's, you know, hey, you know what? Just for fun, just for fun, this is something we have to do for one of our episodes. We need to mic you up and put you on the ice. You have to play a mic'd up hockey game, and then I will listen to it in its entirety. <laughs> I don't know how I get a mic we, myself up and on we the ice. We'll edit it. I don't know. They do it to all the players. There's got to be a way. <laughs> well, I, I will even I, do this. I will do this. If you do that. Next winter, I will play hockey again. I, re- I will I re- find a way. I remember I and I'll uh, mic up. I remember in one of our games uh, quite a few years ago, I actually had my recording app on uh, on the bench <laughs> and for the whole, pretty much for the whole game. I remember those. Yeah, you were sending me. I was in some of them. We, we get <laughs> a lot of it was when I was on the ice. And I'm like, oh, what? is that? Is that what they really think about me? <laughs> <laughs> it was a kind of an eye opener. Well, re- well, you realize we knew you had a recording device, so of uh, course we're gonna talk smack about you. Uh, and then uh, I don't remember. I have to pull some up. He's uh, he's been out there for five minutes. No, I don't Dan, take five minutes. Yes, Dan, but there's Dan. Or there was, a, the there, was a, there was a penalty. He's like, you cooked over. You, that was a trip. <laughs> Don't argue. Yeah, because I remember that one 100%. We were on the left side bench. We were on the close bench um, for the, to, to the locker room. And it was right on the far side, right across from us on our bench. You got right up in the dude. Like, you took him out in between his legs. And then you, I, the guy an accident. fell. Well, I didn't well if he was if, if he was a good skater, he wouldn't have fell. But that doesn't matter. It was still a penalty. Whether yeah, it was but, an accident or he was a good skater or not, your stick caused him to fall. I Ooh. hardly I hardly touched him. I don't you know. Really it, was knew so, him. it was so long ago, I don't remember. So um 
Yeah, but still, is that it, I, it was a penalty. That was 100% a penalty. But I think where people were like, dude, is when you were arguing it. Come on. That it was wasn't a penalty. Like, like going off on this poor guy. Well, it was the, I think it was the bearded lady referee. That was back in the. That was back in the uh, days when I was a real idiot. <laughs> Throwing sticks and ramming goalies and, you know, the usual stuff. I, I, he was playing playoff hockey from day one, folks. This I was, plays playoff hockey every time he touches the ice. I was playing Marshawn hockey. Oh, my. For sure. I, I don't know if I was that dirty, though. See, you should have just went You should have just went to the league director, that pork brain. Um <laughs> And and just said, hey, I'll I'll pay the forty two hundred dollar fine. Just let me play again. Uh, well, if it was the NHL, I would have had to. Well, of course, you uh, had to. So but anyway, yeah, let's get back into our recaps here. Uh, any more for Carolina Rangers series? I know there's only one game because of the game yeah, two they're playing is here tonight. In just a few but... minutes, actually. Um. Nope. I think that that will wrap it up for me. But moving on to the Colorado St. Louis. Uh. Well. Game one, um, the the Blues, uh, Ryan O'Reilly came flying. You know, they get, did exactly what they needed to do in Colorado. Scored the first goal early in the first period, one nothing. Uh, O'Reilly's sixth goal. Uh, but then Colorado decided to kick it up a notch in the second period and scored a couple couple goals to take the lead two to one. And then, uh, of course, then of course, Colorado, you know, was back and forth. They, uh, or actually, there was a Blues. Um, uh, Jordan Cairo tied it, but then, uh, and then, and then it, this game went into overtime. And Josh Manson, his first goal, I believe, was it his first playoff goal too? Uh, scored the goal in overtime, and so that gave the. Avalanche a one nothing series lead, but the Avalanche and they, the Blues have got to do a better job in the faceoff circle. The Avalanche were sixty four percent in uh, game one, and the shots fifty four to twenty five. So I mean, I guess the Blues are lucky they got those two goals, um, but. And then, uh, so moving on to uh, game two, what a response by the Blues. So uh, game two started out in a very defensive tight game. Uh, no no scoring in the first period. Uh, but then the Blues opened it up in the second period with Cairo uh, again. And then David Perron gave him a 2 nothing lead, and that's pretty much all they needed. Uh Landis Scott did get on the board in the third period, but then uh, Perron scored again, and then uh, Brendan uh, Saad uh, with an, uh, I believe that was an empty net goal. Um, but this time they flipped the faceoffs. The Blues were 61%, and they kept the shots down. It was really, really tight shots wise, 32 to 31. So the Blues did a lot better job. Um, but what game was this one? The, the game that, two? That was game two. That, yeah, game one. Like, do you know how many shots Colorado had in game one? Uh, I did believe. 50 I, I, you, yeah, I said that earlier. You must have been sleeping. <laughs> I, 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 no, I, I mentioned I just, that uh, and when I was doing game one a few minutes ago. Um, I was out like a light. 
Yeah, probably. Um, so, so, um, but the officiating has been. I don't know what's going on because the Avs got a, they got a gimme power play. And a, I mean, they, they call it a high sticking call, but Shen was the one that got interfered with and got spun around. I mean, yeah, I guess you got to control your stick, but yeah, you, that got the argument. That's, you got that's, interfered and spun around. It was like, how are you supposed to control your stick when you're getting spun around trying well, to keep I, balance? They call into Don Koharski. You remember Don Koharski? Oh, having a donate a fat pig. He looks freaking terrible. He, he looks awful. Well, but, it's all those donuts he, he ate. He came um, on the rules analyst, or the, on, he was the the rules analyst, and he had said, "You know what? Um, yeah, he needs to control his stick. It doesn't matter what the play is going on. If he gets spun around, he's responsible for controlling his stick." So, yeah, I, I kind of. I, I, I kind of agree with it. Well, yeah, but I mean, but it has to be. He got he got, inter, he got interfered with, and he's spinning around like a top. It's like I mean, if, I get I, it. Have, it have, was, you, have you been? Have you ever done that in a no. game? You spun around, and it's like no. And I, I, I get it. I see both sides to that. You know, I, I can totally see where you know he he didn't mean to spin. He had no. He wasn't even expecting to. But when the, when he got interfered with, his stick. You know, it's just kind of a part of the play. It wasn't like he intentionally moved it. It wasn't like he meant to hit him. But at the end of the day, he did hit him. Um, and they need to be consistent with if, you know, accidental or not, then they, they have to, you know, they, they have to somewhere be consistent because that's something that the NHL has lacked all season. And in almost every single playoff game is just everything is inconsistent. What you call on one team, you're not calling on the other and then you're calling other penalties on one team, but you're not calling those on the other. Like, it just, you can't do that. You got to just call it consistently across the board. But I also think, and I want your thoughts on this, because the, the officials are so under pressure right now, do you think they're just immediately quick to call the penalty on anybody? Well, I don't know what they're seeing. I don't know. I mean, I, I maybe they're taking the rule book too literal. You know, maybe they actually studied the rule book and and like decided to call everything. I don't. Well, but then again, there's some that don't call. So, right. Uh, I don't. I and mean, I'm not saying their job this, isn't hard. Like we, nobody can sit the there. And I mean, work. there's two of them. I mean. Yeah. But, but nobody can is, sit there and say that that is an easy job. That is a yeah. fast game. There's a lot going on, I mean, between the lines and, and the checking and the hooking. And, I mean, it's playoff, so everything is amplified. The crowd's louder. They've got a tough job out there. While I think they could do much better, they do have a difficult task at hand, well, did, especially in the playoffs. They don't miss too many men either. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, that, that, was, I think that, that was a just, Florida Tampa Bay uh, it was. game, too, I believe. Or one or, no, 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 no. That was was, la- I think it was the last, last game they the last series. No, it was happened last game. I think another one. They two. did another one. Yeah, they, they, they called a too many men in Florida. Yeah. Oh, they and called Florida, it. Yeah, because yeah. Tampa Bay they had a whole shift with six guys on the ice. Well, well, maybe that's well. They probably they're probably open their eyes to that. They yeah, probably we talked about it on one of our they, shows, but they probably o- that up. 
they probably open their eyes to that, so they're probably gonna, they're probably watching for it. But I, you know, like the the linesmen aren't allowed to call you know penalties or you know or I don't you know they're they're supposed to talk to the refs you know and say hey yeah that was your penalty. But uh, do you think that they should let the linesmen not call the penalties, but you know go to the ref and say you know this you know this. This, this should have been a penalty here. Or I've whatever. thought about that, actually, because I, mean, I like to be the type of person that brings a solution. Like, I can complain all day long, but what is my solution? And I don't think that's a solution because, you know, they say, you know, they say things are bad when you have too many Chiefs and not enough Indians. Yeah, that's true. And then, Everyone's going to be – because they could all see the game differently. Then you got the linesmen trying you – know, looking for penalties when they should be looking for offsides and passes right. and two-line passes. Or they don't I, think, you, anymore, I think you have people stay in their lane and just go personally. Um, but, yeah, the, you know, going back to game one overtime, uh, Colorado outshot St. Louis 13 to nothing. Ooh. Um, you're not going to win games that way. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you that was just the way the game one was going. They were just hemmed in, and but. Um, so you gave both of those. Now let me let me ask you this: um, What was our predictions in this series? Uh, you, uh, we both said. Well, I said Colorado in seven. You said St. Louis in seven. Yeah, I, so, I'm I mean, thinking it, you, it, might, it, you might win this one, but I'm still uh, content. Saying that you can't count Tampa or St. Louis out, they're the same as Tampa Bay. They've yeah, well, experience. I, They've been to the cup. They want another one. Yeah, if you remember when I was uh, doing the predictions, I said I, I was a really tough. It was like a toss up, but I gave Colorado because of the home ways. Um, that that you know that's why you know game seven. Oh, well, that's why I said Colorado seven just because just because of home ways. That's it's that close, yeah. I think. Um, but that's you know it's a it's an interesting series. Um, they play tonight. Um, no, 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 no. They play tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. It's, it's the it's the other series that um, actually. Speaking of Colorado or uh, Edmonton and Calgary, uh, uh, you you know you got the series. To, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got the Battle of Alberta, which is actually kind of really exciting. How about game one? I mean, that's like it, it, I have when, to agree with Biz Nasty. Goalie? I gotta, I gotta agree with Biz Nasty. This, this was a beer league game, but I actually really enjoyed this game. I enjoyed this game a lot. Like I know it was high scoring and whatnot, but I just think it's freaking, it's fun hockey. To watch I totally game. didn't see it, but I'm like. Um, did they forget how to play defense or did they even have goalies? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was you know, nine, six Calgary ends up winning the game. Um, there's just too many goals to go over. I mean, Coleman had two to Chuck had three, which is kind of a funny story because, uh, when to Chuck gets his third, um, there's a camera that zooms in on Keith, his father, who is holding his hat in his hand. And you see, I don't know if it's like a cousin, sister, something, motion like, hey, throw it. Are you going to throw it? And he goes, no, no way, no. And he put it back and he kind of hit it. So he gets a natty hattie and daddy won't throw the hattie. Can you believe that? Can you believe that, D-Law? Did you see that? Well, no, maybe, maybe it was his favorite hat. 
<laughs> Who cares? You can get it back. You can get it back. I mean, his kid scored no, the freaking goal. Well, that's if he, he makes it to the ice. Yeah, what do you mean? It's Keith to Chuck. Like, he, I mean, he, yeah. he practically owns the NHL. Everybody knows who he is. His but he's son, not a pit. Who cares? But no. his, I bet you he could waltz into that locker room tomorrow and nobody would look at him funny. I just don't think they would. They might say, like, dude, you can't be in here, but it's not going to be like if you or I walked in there and we're getting our behinds beat and ushered out the door. It was Keith to Chuck. If he wants his hat back, he's going to get his hat back. His kid scored the hat trick. Why wouldn't he get it back? Like I said, if he didn't, if he did, if he didn't hit the ice, if he didn't make the make it on the ice, if, well, he, if the I, hat I didn't make the ice, than that. yeah, I hope well, he can throw better than that. He's not a baseball player. No, but you could see all the hats flying around him. I'm sure. I don't know. I, I guess I could take that into consideration. I, I eat. I eat my words because that's a good possibility. I mean, he was probably up in the club level, right, or the suite level. So that's. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. I. I think. Um, I think all of them are just sitting out amongst the fans. I mean, they're having a riot. That's know, that's, that's odd. actually. Yeah, they were just hanging out. His his brother was there, and um, you know, wearing the the jerseys and uh, high fiving the fans like. They just look like they were having a good time. Yeah, Brady, Brady, it was funny because they show a video of Brady going up the stairs in the common area, just high-fiving everybody. And, um, you know, he randomly took some kid and put him on his shoulders and was cheering for his brother after one of his goals. Like, it was just the most random. But he, they were having fun. The crowd, if you looked at the, the, the crowd, they were having a great time. They were having fun hockey there. That's another one. You know, I, I think Calgary has so much backing and support from their crowd. I think that's going to play a big factor in their playoffs is the fans and how they react and how it's just they're having a lot of fun. If you watch watch the next game, just do yourself a favor and watch the next game. Um, that's tonight at yeah. 9 or 1030. Yep. And I do want to mention something. So the Oilers, obviously, they fell short. Their first goal came from McDavid. Now, like I had like I had blasted Austin Matthews. Now this isn't game seven, this is game one. But Austin Matthews just he didn't show up. When they needed him the most, he wasn't there. Like I understand, like he doesn't just snap his fingers and score a goal, but you know, he's the face of that franchise. Like he's gotta do something to push his team. And McDavid, now now he came out and set the tone for Edmonton. He scores that first goal, and, I mean, it was, a, it was an awesome goal. Like, it was just – it was fun to watch it because as he's coming down the ice, he's got time. So he's pulling the puck, pulling the puck, pulling the puck, and he waited just until um, Mike Smith pushed off just enough. And then he – or not Mike Smith. Um, oh, my God, I'm drawing a blank here. Marstrom. Mike Smith Marstrom. plays for Edmonton. Yes, Right, I have him mixed up. Markstrom. So he waited for Markstrom just to. <laughs> they probably I was, got said mixed Mike up Smith, too. I was like, God, as soon as I said that, I was looking. I was like, No, Markstrom or uh, um, Mike Smith looks like Jethro Tull. I don't know if you know who that is, but if you don't know, look it up. And that's what Mike Smith looks like. It's kind of funny and eerie at the same time. Um, but yeah, Markstrom. He waits for Markstrom like he's he's Markstrom's like teetering, teetering, teetering. And then as soon as Markstrom starts to slide, the five hole opened up just enough 
and McDavid tucked it in. Like he knew what he was going to do. It's almost like it was re- rehearsed in his brain, and he knew before his leg spread that he was going to put that puck five hole, and he did it. It was just that it was an, it was an incredible goal. But he's there for his team. He's putting points up. This guy's leading his. He's a leader, and he's getting it done. Um, you know, but the 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 problem is, is you're getting outshot. The game's it's a fast paced game. These teams hate each other. Um, you know, in the first period, the Flames had a three to one lead coming out of the first period. The Oilers come back and score four in the second period. So now you've got a six five game coming out of the second period. Like how much more exciting could that be? And then obviously everything just kind of imploded at the end. But there's two things that I want to point out. So at the end of the game, it really set the tone for the next game. So that's why I'm saying you got to watch the game tonight. But Lucic and Cassian, um, you know, they were going at it. You have Tuchuk and Evander Kane. Now that one is, that one's going to be a fun one because they got roughings. They get sent to the box and they're chirping, chirping, chirping. And then Tuchuk takes it to a personal level. Now he starts bashing Kane about his bankruptcy, talking to him about money. Is that crossing a line, or is that acceptable in the playoff hockey? Be a moron. What do you think, D. Law? Hey, anything goes. I mean, you think so? You think you take shots like that? Playoffs? Why not? I mean, it's like it's like you know, it's well. That's going to get under his skin. I mean, that's going to do one of two things. That's going to light a fire under Andrew Kane. Right, but it's going to either light a fire under Kane to go out and either, you know, score a million goals or to be the biggest pain in the behind that you can have out there. Or or both. Or both. But I know Chuck wants him to go out and choke. I want He wants him to be thinking about that, like, oh, yeah, I need to, uh, I need to do this. Oh, yeah, I need to, you know, it's just in my mind. Like, he's talking about my – just throwing him off his game, you know? But – I just thought that was pretty comical. But again, at the end of that game, a lot of pushing and shoving, bodies rolling around the ice. I think the tone has been set. I think Edmonton feels like they were embarrassed out there, you know, yanking goalies. I mean, it was just, it was not a good scene for Edmonton. However, however, Calgary did let up six goals in a playoff game. Yes, they still won the game. But that's a lot of freaking goals. So yeah, well, the team gave up nine. Right. I mean, this is gonna be this is gonna be a fun series to watch, folks. Like, just do yourselves a favor, and even if you only watch a period or two, just do yourself a favor and watch it. But watch the next game is gonna be like a one nothing game. <laughs> but those can be exciting though. Because, it depends because be... you know they both teams know that they, they. I'm sure they were broken down. You know, pile lot of defensive yeah, breakdown. Sure, of course. And then the goal is they're gonna want to both gonna. You know, they know they they had a bad they game probably, and they want to rebound. And so you know, and I think you know there's gonna be a lot more attention to defense. But um, yeah, not, no, not, no, not I, to, I agree. Not to interrupt this, that the Edmonton Calgary, but man, this Rangers and Carolina game is getting physical. Man, oh man, you're gonna make me want, you're, you're gonna make me want to turn it on. So I, I'm I'm gonna wait until after the podcast to uh, to do that. But I I like that type of hockey. Like I got the itch over here right now. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got for that se- that series. You know, it's playoff hockey. Watch all of them. But I recommend the Calgary Edmonton series. That's that's a f- 
that was a fun game to watch. I keep saying everything's fun, but that was entertaining. Um, do you want me just to roll right into the Red Wings? Yeah, so I mean, you got any uh, n- any coaching news other than Lane yeah, Lambert? Yeah, Lane Lambert, he went to New York. so they Yeah, just we, yeah we mentioned that the uh, last episode Monday, I believe yep. it was. And that leaves Barry Trotz on the market. Um, that's always a potential. He's taken teams. It depends on his relationship with Vrana, which we've mentioned in, in shows back. Um, I'm here in Seattle for him, though. Which yeah, I don't know. Anywhere. And then a name that I am, am appalled to even hear, Pete DeBoer. He better not end up. I don't think Eisenman will do that. Yeah, the but, way then, he... but then a new name surfaced, though. A new name surfaced. And I, I, I heard this and read this on, on one of my sources is Derek Laland. Do you know who Derek Laland is? Derek Laland is the assistant coach to Cooper in Tampa Bay. There's your first Eiserman connection. So you've got one Eiserman connection with Tampa Bay. So he's had firsthand experience watching this guy groom these young kids for the last four seasons. And they've done a pretty tremendous job, I would say. So he also coached the Toledo Walleye with some success. Now, Toledo is a... Isn't that a fish? Walleye is a fish. That is correct. And the Toledo Walleye are actually an affiliate of the Detroit Red Wings. So the Red Wings organization already knows of. Derek well, they Lillard. are, they are like an hour apart, aren't they? Or two yeah, hours? They're very like close. Yeah, already interviewed under Steve Eiserman because I think his, uh, you know, I think his resume speaks for itself. Um, but yeah, I just think that's a very interesting name to come to light, and I don't think I'd be opposed to it. After reading about him, looking up some of his stats, looking at what he's done in some of these other organizations, coaching in juniors, I mean, I think he's a pretty interesting name. And I don't think I would be opposed to seeing him come in and give his NHL shot with the Red Wings. I'd be okay with that. But, yeah, that's all I have. So now the list has dwindled but grown at the same time. So we lose Lane Lambert. We're in Barry Trotz, Pete DeBoer, and Derek Lalande. We'll see what happens. That's all I got for that. It's getting interesting. And are you ready? It's time. You are now entering the right All right, all right. I gotta, I gotta make this a little quick because I know D Law is gonna be uh, not happy with me here, and I might even invite him in if he knocks and asks politely. But this week's rant room is about how Dan earmuffs, how stupid David Poyle is, or is he not stupid? Is he an evil genius? I'm going with the evil genius because this moron has extended a multi-year deal to John Hines. Now, I looked at who the ownership is. Well, it sounds like I have a guest. Who is it? Hello. Can I come in? Come on in. 
I don't know what he is doing. I know he, what he's doing. He wants to build a Stanley Cup team. And How then long he has he been the GM? Uh, 20, well, third, well, he's the only general manager they had in 98. Well, actually, I think he technically got to get hired in 97 when they got the team. 25, 26 well, I can't think of right now, but... Um, but still, but still. Uh, I don't understand. So he just rolls out of bed. Two-year contract. But he just, but listen. So Poyle, who has been the GM of this team since 1997... So we're talking 25 years, 25 years as the GM for the Predators. And last week, he rolls out of bed and decides, hmm, we should build a Stanley Cup team. What? You've had 25 years. 25 years. And last week... You decide that you're going to roll out of bed and make a Stanley Cup team. Where have you been the last 25 years? So anyway, I'm going to let you jump in here for a second because I, I really like your thoughts on on this because it pertains to you in, in Nashville. But I just want to point out a couple of stats here. The rant room is going to go for an extra couple of minutes here. So Poyle is just uh, – this is the answer to your question. The evil genius Poyle is buying time for himself. Because, A, he doesn't know how to build a Stanley Cup team. He's taken them to the dance once, and they lost. You know, that was that was respectable. That kind of performance is when you build on making a better team. And they have trended backwards tremendously in the last few years. So He's drafted a lot of good players. Here, but... Yeah, but here, here's the th- Yeah, he has. He has. So then... If he's put the players on the ice, well, one of them apparently, one of them uh, it was a really good player, but apparently there's been some like uh, I don't want to steal his thunder, but uh, there's been some stories coming out that Suter is not very good in the locker room, going back even with the Predators. Yeah, and yeah, he was he was a draft pick by Poyle. But that's what I. But that's I mean that just proves my point like everybody well everybody has good you know everyone hits a good player now and again everybody gets a bust like it's just part of the game but his strategy sucks he hasn't won a cup he's been close he's been I mean you've been in the league for 25 years like yeah you can call yourself an expansion team but so can so can Philadelphia I mean at some point that story runs dry so you've got 25 years that you've been I don't know what you've been doing because apparently he's not building a Stanley Cup team because he decided last week he's going to build a Stanley Cup team. Did you realize? Did I, sorry to jump in. Did you realize he played for the Amherst? Yeah, he. I did. I did realize that. Um, but anyway, so you've got this this cat, okay? That he's saying he wants to uh, to win a Stanley Cup, and he doesn't know how to do it. Let's just face it; he doesn't have any clue. How to build a Stanley Cup team. None. Doesn't have the least bit. So, with that being said, now mind you, the Predators aren't owned by a family. They're not owned by, you know, independent people. They're owned by a conglomerate called the Predators Holdings LLC. And, um, he was a, Thomas not- Garen seems like he is the. 
kind of the head of this Predators Holdings LLC, but there's multiple investors involved with owning the Predators. Um, so for that's probably why Poyle's been around so long. I mean, he's making money. That's what that's what businesses care about. And they're not a family. They're not passionate. They they just want the money. So if the fans are going to spend the money on the tickets and the the memorabilia and and everything else, then what does it matter? They're lining their pockets. They're they're Predators Holdings LLC. But let's talk about something. Just, really... just, Go ahead. just briefly, just a background on Poyle. He was the Capitals, uh, Washington Capitals general manager. Nineteen eighty two, eighty three was his first season, and then. Uh, he was he got hired as the executive VP of hockey and GM of Predators in 1987. So that was that's his uh, uh, background. Yeah, but still, he, he's he's smart. He's a smart as hell type of guy. Because here's the deal: as he continues to have no idea how to build a Stanley Cup championship team, he's now bought himself at least two years. Why is that? Because as they don't win next year and they don't win the year after, Poyle's going to say, "Yeah, we got to make a coaching change." Goodbye, Heinz. You're gone. Let's bring so and so in. Well, we'll he did. Him, we'll give him a two year contract. At what point do you turn the finger from the coach back to the GM? Boy, he did that with Laviolette and, and we're well, talk Trotz about that. Too, let's, let's let's talk about this. So John Hines, his his track record with he has 166 games with the Preds. He is 92 and 64 and 10. He has come in fifth in fourth, and in fifth in the Central Division in his tenure with the, the Predators. He has a postseason of 4-15. and 15. That's abysmal. That is ridiculous. That is 21%. That's not good. And, well, quite frankly, I mean, they probably shouldn't even have made the playoffs this year. But why? Just- just the way they, just the way they lost the last five games. Yeah, so, but let me. I'm gonna I mean, get and, that. And, that, and that goes on to coaching. I think you're gonna find this interesting, D Law. So, anyways, you've got Hines with these types of numbers. They're abysmal. They're they're garbage. This is not leading a team that is gonna go anywhere. Now let's look at Peter Laviolette. Yes, he has, he had more seasons with the Predators. He he had 451 total games. He was 248. In 143, way better of a record over his tenure. He also took first in the Central and won the Cup, or went to the Cup. I apologize. Don't get upset. He took the team to the Stanley Cup, the first time in team history ever. That was a team that Poyle should have been building around, but instead he imploded it and managed to pull another first the next year in the central. So after taking a first in the central, they fire him. They let him go. Are you kidding well, me? Well, that's because that year the central division was pretty much a train wreck except for the predators. It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter. He had he took him to the cup and then put him first in the central division. Yeah, they didn't go to the cup again. They made a deep run. They got it made it to the second round. I shouldn't say deep, but they made it past the first round. And then you fire him the next year. Are you kidding me? His postseason is thirty-two and twenty-nine. He's got a win percentage of of fifty-one percent. That was like, what is what is he doing? Uh, like, what? Why? Uh, how could, Why would you? I remember that? when he fired Laviola. I was really upset. I was like, why? I was like, 
well, I, I, I was but, dumbfounded. But that I'm dumbfounded right now. Look at then, his stats. Like, and then when they hired, then when he he replaced him with Hines, I'm like, Hines has never had a job. He doing. couldn't hand it. He couldn't handle it in New Jersey. Why would you want somebody who got fired from New See, Jersey, but, who 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 was took the team? I believe three years and three of his last years in New Jersey was there in a dead last place with a first round draft pick or right. should have been if right. was that lottery. See, but here's and, what's uh, and, and they're going to hire a guy that got fired from the worst team in the league. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And he remained in the worst team in the league. So there's your there's your comparison. So Poyle took a winner. Maybe Poyle wants a number one draft and pick. Replaced, replaced him with a loser. Didn't Laviolette win a cup? With Washington, with, Car- with Carolina, I thought he won one with Washington. Oh mm, no, no, that that was Trotz, uh, which a right. uh, former Predator. So that's yeah. two. Pre- well, no, I let me let won it before he was with the Predators. Uh, that was two thousand six with Carolina. Yeah, but but here, so you take a winner who had one bad season, and you fire him again. He was second. He was fourth. He was fourth. He was first. He was first. He was fired. That is his tenure in position in the Central Division, minus the fired. He was let go. And in the first three years, you've got a fifth, a fourth, and a fifth. Like, that's garbage compared to to LaViolette. So that's already proven to be a terrible decision, and now you extend him? Like, who's signed? Like, is this guy? I mean, this guy's got to be walked to the nursing home or something. Like, this guy's lost his mind. So let's just let me tell you why this is so baffling. Because this year they get a first-round bounce. And all you Predators fans out there that are like, oh, let's make every excuse in the book for, for Hines. He's got this. He doesn't have this. Shut your mouths. Because you know what? No, this guy's not a winner. He's never been a winner. The guy's not going to take you anywhere. I don't care. You can put 100 Connor McDavid's on that team, and, and, and you're still not going to win under this guy. The guy's not a good coach. He's not. So I don't care what you say. This is not the answer. This was purely Poyle buying time for himself. So he's not the, the, the spotlight. It's Hines. So Hines gets fired. Poyle has another couple years, and then he'll just retire. That's what's going to happen. He's going to ride this out until retirement, and he's going to put as many scapegoats in place as he can and get rid of them. But here's what's funny. So we're talking about Hines. This year they got knocked out first round by – um. By Colorado. And this is why I'm telling the Preds fans to be quiet because you guys don't want, if you guys are okay being a first round bounce, you know, as a Red Wings fan, everyone's like, oh, you made playoffs. six straight playoffs. Well, uh, well we, we lost. It doesn't we, matter. I don't care we, about that. Uh, we lost you for a second. Can you repeat what you said? Yeah, I was just saying that that people who are uh, who are liking what they're seeing. Oh, well, we're a playoff team. No, you're not. You're a playoff bounce. If you want to be a playoff bounce team, then good. Keep Hines. Keep maybe squeaking your way. And he tried to lose the playoffs for you this year. He tried like hell. They're not a playoff team. They're only reason to write a playoff team is because Vegas. But why? But why aren't they? Why aren't they? Well, the coaching—it is absolutely the coaching because just everyone, just the last five games, the way they finished the season, and the only reason why they won it is because Vegas was worse. 
because of all their issues. Yeah, but but D-Lo, otherwise Vegas would have made the playoffs instead of the Preds. But that's that's what I mean. Like they're 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 not a bad team. And all these people are like, well, you know, we just need to add a few pieces. And oh, well, you know, Ekholm didn't do anything. And Ellis, I don't know about him. He really didn't do it. Like, quiet your quiet down. Because I would die to have them on the Red Wings, and that would tremendously bolster our roster. So your coaching is the issue. Of course, we had one goal in the playoffs. Yeah, but yeah, but but I'm not even worried about that right now because here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that Poyle's buying time by keeping Hines. He's going to buy time until he can retire, and then he's just going to walk away. When they tell him you're done, he's retiring. Then you're going to start seeing competition in Nashville. For all the fans that think, "Oh, well, he's doing great. We're we're in the we made it to the playoffs." You almost didn't, and I know that doesn't matter. But if you want to be a team that gets into the playoffs and then just gets embarrassed year after year, then keep doing it. You're doing the you're you've got the rec, you've got this, the the recipe for success to make that happen. So if Damn. you want to keep if you want to keep getting bounced, adios. Have fun. That's that's on you guys. Enjoy it. But here's a comparison. Let me get through this really quick. So this year, for all you naysayers saying I'm an idiot and I'm wrong, John Hines had a very good squad. Much better than what Laviolette was had was had dished out. Because you had Yossi, who sets a franchise record with the most assists. He had and then this season he had 55 assists and 85 points, which is also, for the most points, most assists in one season, that combination stat, he owns that. He had a total of 95 points this year. You have Forsberg, who was one of the goal franchise record. Him and Duchesne each, both of those guys, set single-season record franchise goals. Forsberg had 42, and Duchesne had 44. Let me see. I can tell 43. you 43. So Matt Deshane had he was the first 40 goal scorer in Predators history. And he ends up with 43. They had two franchise setting goal scorers. They have a franchise setting defenseman. I mean, this team is stacked. They're going to win hardware at the awards. And Except for their goaltending. It does yeah, but still, who does that fall on? It doesn't fall on the team. That falls on Poyle. In Hines, not having a goalie wasn't a secret. Why didn't I, why why didn't they show up to play? Why did they look lost on the ice? It looked like it was their first time ever touching a playoff surface. They didn't look good, and it showed. They got destroyed. They were bounced in four games. And if you fans think that's good, you're nuts. I'm sorry, I don't agree with you because I just I just pulled out, and you got a Calder candidate. I mean, you have some very well, good talent on that. Not going to Well, no, but in my mind. I believe he's a Calder candidate. He was one of the best goal scorers of all the rookies. I mean, this kid's got he, a ceiling he, like you wouldn't he, believe. He led all the rookies in goal scoring. Right. So you've got people who can score. You've got people who can play the game. You have the best defenseman in the NHL. And yet you get bounced in four games? And they yeah, report. yeah, this whole, like, oh, we don't have the right players. We don't have a team. We don't have... Yes, you freaking do. You just don't have a coach that can cultivate and grow and make this team a winner. That's your problem. But you just extended this moron for two more years. So enjoy two more first-round bounces if you even make the playoffs. But here's a little comparison. This is how close Nashville 
and the Avalanche were with their top players. They each had a drop-off. The Predators hit their drop-off one player shy of, of Colorado. And here's what I'm saying. So you had Rantanen with 92 points, McKinnon with 88 points, Kadri with 87, and Kale McCarr with 86. The Predators have Yoshi killing everyone in that category at 96. You've got Duchesne at 86. You've got Forsberg at 84. And then it drops down to Granlin, who had 64. That's a pretty it's close But that's a pretty close matchup. And to get swept when when your players are that even matched, but it's not just goaltending. You guys were embarrassed. Goaltending, yeah, I mean, you need good goaltending. I wasn't going to say that they were going to win the series. I knew that Colorado would win that series, but they were embarrassed. They, Like I said, they looked lost out there. There were players wide open in the slot. I mean, that is not the goalie's fault. Game yeah. three was an embarrassment. There, there were some bad fans and players, but there were some bad, you know, there were some bad plays. I agree, but I just think all you, all you Preds fans, earmuffs, D-Law, I think you guys need to just not be excited about this. You need to get rid of Poyle. You need to get rid of Hines. Um, you need to get uh, ownership that actually gives a crap about the well, team. And the ownership does. Well, then why do they why do they have a guy well, who's been there for 25 years and has nothing to show for it? But um, I just I mean, how long? Do you I, want to do 100 I, years? Like, I, oh, I, 100 years and we're still mediocre. I, no, grow the team. I, 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 I've been saying I've been saying get take, they need to get rid of Heinz all season long. You know, and and you know, David Poyle is seventy-two years old. So, how many more years does he have left? Well, at least two, maybe three, well, at this rate. Um, or, well, maybe uh, who knows? Um, well, he does. He does yeah. because he's going to ride no. it out until he wants to retire. That's what's going to happen in in Nashville. Unless he gets fired first. He's but going to do the firing, and then once he gets rid of Hines, and then no, still the owners him. can fire him. Yeah, but they're going to give him an ultimatum. He's been their only GM. They're going to say, "Okay, Mr. Poyle, you're not getting the job done. We can do this one of two ways. You can either retire, and we'll applaud you and congratulate you for the playoff run and for building this team, um, but you're not getting the job done. So we can send you off as a you know we'll." salute you we'll put you on center ice we'll thank you send you off with a big tribute video or we'll release it in the news that you were let go from the team but he's also that's what's going to happen but he not only is he a gm he's also the president of hockey operations so yeah, i guess he'll he's, be fired I, from that I, I guess he's his own boss <laughs> no everybody answers <laughs> yeah, to somebody yeah yeah uh, but um so we, we've spent way too much time on his rant room. Yeah, so, so that's I'm I'm that, done. That, that's like, that's, that's my like, rant. That's Sorry like, to burst that's, your bubble, D-Lo. That's like three rant rooms. That I, I don't think we'll do a rant room for the next three weeks just to make up for this for this extra long. <laughs> yeah, no, I just um, <laughs> so I, um, moving into the predators stories. Uh, there's not really a lot of more than the Heinz uh, debacle. Uh, the predators did sign. They're supposedly ace goaltender, uh, Askarov, to a three-year entry-level contract. 
Now, everybody, everybody well, like the media and, and the media, and even some fans are saying that this kid is going to be like an elite goalie. He's going to be like the next Patrick Wow or Martin Berdour. And I'm like, those are big names it, to put. So it, 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 it's hard to get that. His stats don't even. His I read off his stats a few weeks ago in one of um, one of our episodes, and they're not all that. They're not elite. So I mean, I, I mean, obviously, give him an opportunity, but he's just not. He's not going to be. Uh, you don't know that. You don't know that. He's not, gonna be a, he's not going to be a Pecorine. You don't want that. him to be a Pecorine because you are a no. Pecorine. You have knee pads. He's not even going to be a Saros. You don't no. know that. How would you know that already? I'm going to challenge what, you. What, what has he no done? Way. He hasn't done Better. nothing. He's Detroit's, played in the AHL. Detroit's talking about bringing Magnus Helberg as their backup. What has he done? Well, he's played a game. Yeah. A game, but that's what I mean. Like nobody's. I, I this kid could come in in a new look in front of him could be tremendous. I mean, look at Nadelkovich. He had a shaky season in Carolina. He played well in Detroit. He's got a great save percentage. You know, new scenery it works. I mean, look at when when Mrazek went from um, Detroit over to Carolina. I mean, he was like the second coming of God over there for a while. It just all depends. I mean, things change. You got to give the kid a chance, but. At the end of the day, um, you know, it, you got to try it. You just you have to. I mean, after what you just watched, you got to try anything. Well, I guess he's – I suppose he could be better than the goaltenders that they got backing up Saros now. but He could always be better than Saros, but Saros is a, he's a pretty uh, tremendous goalie. Um, yeah, talking about goalies really quick, I just – I think about it. And how many goalies recently – I mean, we grew up with like Patrick Waz and Ron Hextalls and um, Eddie Belfours, and and those are names. Like those are like Parasso, Parasso, Richter. I mean, Van Beezer, Potvin. I mean, we played. Are you clapping over there? But we we played. Um, you know those those are the those are the names that we heard. As we, you know, when we were younger, who who can we who from now can we throw in that category? Maybe a Jonathan Quick, Flurry, yeah, or Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky, yeah. There's a few names, but yeah, I just think you hear all these people saying like, "Oh, they're going to be the next Wah. They're going to be the next this," and it's like that's that's a big bold statement because goalie's development is far different than a than a skater. Um, you know, Sorokin was supposed to be the next Patrick Wah. He's not bad, but he also isn't amazing. I don't know. I just uh, thought about that. So uh, quick, quick. Here's my 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 really quick off topic. I told you to remind me about, but I knew you would forget forget. So I reminded myself. Oh, the hook and elbow thing. Yeah. Look look at players like all the time. It happens. They come up and they tap. They they tap each other on the hips and the waist and. You know, they're they bring the they're just trying to throw them off a little bit. So they're tapping, tapping, tapping. And sometimes they get called for a slash, but a lot of times they let that like the little taps on the arms go. 
But then you get all these these guys, they feel that tap, 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 and they pinch down on the stick with their elbow, and then they fall down, and now you got a hooking call. When do they start calling that embellishment? It happens all the time, like all the time. That clamp on the, they clamp it down like a chicken wing on that stick. They don't call any, they don't call any embellishment anymore. Yeah, and I just, and I think that's why we're seeing more and more of it. But that was my, that was my little side, side refereeing. I think they should call that differently. I think they should look for a, a grasp by the stick. With the with the elbow, if did that cause the, the uh, spinning motion or, I don't know. That's just that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. Well. Uh, so moving in some NHL stories, of course, you know teams get eliminated from the playoffs. That's then you you, you start seeing all these uh, injury stories coming out. So apparently, uh, Jari played Game Seven on a broken foot. Now, why he was injured? I know it's Game Seven, but he's still got a broken foot. Why? And and Louis Domingue, I mean, yeah, he lost the last what two, two games? Yeah. Well, three because it gives. Uh, he didn't win the last three. He he lost two, but it wasn't his fault. He played great in those two losses. Um, well, one yeah, I, I, one, one of them being a bad goal, but um. But I let Rudy Domingue ride that game. How how do you let bring in? I mean, yeah, I know he's your guy, he's your starter, but he's injured and he's still got a broken foot, and you're gonna play him in a very important game seven. How I don't understand. I mean, well, let me ask you this: Is it a if Saros if Saros was willing to give it a try, and he held up okay in practice and pregame skate? Would you rather see Saros in that or Riddich? Well, yeah, but I don't. I want to look to the future, and I mean the team. I mean, the, the team wasn't going to win anyway. But I mean, um, I don't want to risk him. You know, possibly losing. You know, maybe a career-ending injury. You know. I mean, I mean that's a different story because you know the Predators really didn't they didn't they weren't going to win the game, so that's an easy call. But the Penguins, the game seven, you know, you're you're the game is on the line. You're you're just as much in. I mean, they could even the way it went, they could have easily won that game, even even with Jari in there on a broken foot. So I mean, what what would have happened if you played a goalie that's one hundred percent? I mean, I mean, I don't know how bad his broken foot was. So I don't know. Maybe he was eighty percent, but I mean, he's got a broken foot. So I would say he's at least fifty. Um, yeah, and when you go into the next and, one, I'm and, gonna make a and, and 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 Domingue. So I mean, and I'm sure. I mean, I didn't hear any injuries on Domingue. So as far as I'm concerned, he was one hundred percent. I don't care if your starting goaltender is fifty percent and your backup is a hundred, but the way Domingue came into the series, you had to let him finish that series. I just don't understand that. I agree. If he starts to play bad, you you pull Jari in. Like I'm okay with that. But yeah, he 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 was their guy. You got to let him have his series. Like you got to. I mean, that just probably killed his confidence. I mean, you got to let him get. You got to give him a shot. You have to, especially if that means Jari's injured. Um. 
But yeah, when you get to the oh, so we're talking Dumba now too. Yeah, so Dumba, he plays with what? What did he have? Broken ribs? Yeah, like a dislocated rib and a punctured lung. Like he had. Physical he, he played. He played the entire series with not only a broken rib, he had a dislocated rib and a punctured lung. The punctured lung was probably due to the broken rib. But how the heck? I mean. I'm sucking wind healthy. You, a, you don't I mean, I know it's barely. How the heck could he breathe with a punctured lung? I'd be dead. Yeah, well, you you also don't play when you sp- sprain a finger nail. Uh, stop, no, stop uh, no. In the shower. No, oh, I'm going to play. Hey, when I I'm injured, just screwing around. When I injured my foot, I wanted to play. In fact, I, I did. I, I come, know. Try to come back, and that was a bad mistake. Yeah, I, that way, Jari. Yeah. But yeah, so Dumba plays the entire series with all these ailments, and it just—I mean, hockey players are just a—they're just a tough crowd. I mean, it's a tough sport. It's almost like you just—you're wired and programmed. Like, you—you you see these kids that play. I'm just gonna throw youth baseball. You've got those kids, even at like seven years old, they get hit with a ball and they scream and they cry and it hurts and I need ice. I need to sit down. Oh, it hurts my back. Oh. Right. Then you get those kids who get hit in the back, and they just mean mug the pitcher. Like, are you kidding me? And they just trot their way down. You moron! Like those are tough kids, and it's the same thing with hockey. Like that whole every player is wired like that second kid. You get hurt, it's like tape it up, cast it, just whatever you gotta do. Make my make sure my foot can fit in the skate because I'm playing. Oh, my face was shattered by a puck. Well, put me back in my pads. I mean, it just shows how tough it is. And, you know, great story. I'll make it quick. But when Chris Draper was injured, with his injury, look it up. You'll watch it. Colorado, Claude Lemieux started the whole rivalry. But that hit, like, shattered Chris Draper's face. Yep, shattered Draper's face. Draper just remembers waking up next to the the, the, the bench. And I think he said it was Malpy and um, I forget who else. Helped him down the ramp. Might have been McCarty. Mushan's a saint compared to the turtle. And then he he wakes up, and he just remembers feel like tasting blood. And the doctors in there working on him. They're doing scans and everything else because he's pretty messed up. And he's like, got to go to the hospital. Passes out again. Wakes up, and he's like, "All right, I'm looking up the TV." And there was like three minutes left in the third period, and he wanted to go back out and play. Dude had like no face. He's like, all right, where's my shoulder pads? Where's my helmet? His face was like disintegrated. I mean, that's just how hockey players are wired. So yeah, so it doesn't surprise me in the NHL, in the series, in you know, as, as you're getting close to the closer and closer to that Stanley Cup, these guys are gonna play through anything. I mean, cut out a kidney and they'll be in tomorrow. And it's not be just to have your name on the cup either, because even if he's on the roster, they still get it, even if he doesn't play a game. So you can't say, oh, well, that's because he has to play a game. <laughs> so, no, it's right. just because it's the way, I mean, even, they do that even in a regular season game, in a preseason game. Um, but uh, a huge, this could be a huge story. Uh, Minnesota Wilds, uh, Kevin Fiala, great, you know, former Predator, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent, but the Wild, they're kind of uncertain about resigning him. Now, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because of his cap room. I mean, 
Why would you not want to resign? Fiala is a great offensive player. He's, as far as I know, he's great in the locker room. At least he was when he was with the Predators. Everybody loved him when he was with the Predators. And his teammates loved him. Um, Maybe Poyle. But, yeah, well, he traded him so for Granlund. Doesn't mean you can't get him back. Doesn't mean you well, can't get him back. Just now, look at now you've got Granlund, and you can have uh, Fiala. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know what kind of money he's going to be looking at because he's had a, he had a great season. You know, typical uh, free agent year. Um, it's kind of, kind of like Forrest, kind of like Forsberg, but I don't know why the Wild. I don't want all I can think of is money. Maybe because are they because now it's coming out that Flurry would uh, consider signing with the Wild, and so maybe they're gonna throw some money at, at Flurry. So I don't know what their cap room is like. Um, I'll have to look that up, but yeah, and then. Um, I uh, just seen yesterday or today, Rick Bonus of the Dallas Stars stepped down. I saw that. I wonder what prompted that. I haven't seen any information on that yet, but that's something I definitely want to find out because I'm wondering if we're going to hear an inside story or if he just didn't see eye to eye with management and the players anymore. Maybe he felt that his tenure had run its course. I don't know. I'm wondering. It almost has the way he did it. I didn't he's really read the story, but um, I'm, I I think maybe uh, it had something to do with some of the players, maybe. Um, yeah, it could be. So, so now Dallas is in the hover coach. Maybe, uh, maybe Tabor is going to go there. Yeah, that, that is my hope. <laughs> I mean, or uh, maybe my, Lane Lambert. Lambert I wouldn't be. Been, I wouldn't. Uh, oh, that's right. Lane, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. He signed the yeah, was the Islanders. Yeah, I, I, that, um, uh, maybe Barry Trotz. I mean, you know, he, go be, there. you know, because they're, you know, they're, uh, you know, they know him from the, you know, Nashville days. As long as they division, don't scoop so. up a land, I want to see more about that. Uh, he might be under the radar, so I don't think I, I think Dallas, the way Dallas has been uh, in recent years, other than uh, Rick Bowes isn't really a name, um, he is now, but uh, he, they always go after the um, um, the kind of like the big names. Um, so um, the Columbus uh, signed their goaltender. Uh, uh, Jonas, Jonas, Corpusello. Yeah. Yep. Um, he decided to do a one-year contract. Um, so I'm just wondering, um, why they didn't sign to a multi-year deal? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's a try it or buy it. You know, they gotta can't have uh, buyer's remorse. Eiserman's good uh, at doing that. He just signs like, hey, I'll give you a year. I feel like Eiserman's kind of like the uh, Belichick, and you know. Belichick and uh, what's his name there? Kraft. And I, can't, I hate to keep referring to football, but you know they just they sign everybody to one year deals. It's like, hey, if you work, we'll sign you to a couple more years, and then when you get older, hey, we'll give you one more one year. If you don't want it, go play somewhere else. And that's kind of what Eiserman's doing. You know, he gives people a chance, and then he runs them out. If you're not good enough, we'll replace you. If you're holding your weight, we'll sign you to more. We'll pay you. And I just saw a stat uh, going back to the Edmonton-Calgary game. 
there was 15 combined goals. That was the most of playoff games since the 1993 division semifinals, uh, when the Kings Holy defeated Fl- when the Kings defeated Flames by the same score, Come nine on. to six. <laughs> and there was 11 different goal scorers. That was tied for the most uh, in a single playoff game in the uh, over the past 29 years. Holy cow! <laughs> Interesting. Um. Yeah, um, but uh, kind of an interesting um, uh, story here. Uh, the Devils prospect, Nikita Ohochuk. Ohochuk. Don't just quit, Sean. Um, You're not going to get it. Actually, I did get it. Um, it looks like Otiak to me. No, it's, no it's Ohochuk. I looked it up. Um on the NHL official NHL uh, guide, um, but anyway, he absolutely beat down his general manager's son. I wonder how that's going to play out. Uh, Tom Fitz- also on a Tom, team that we play for Tom, Tom, Tom Fitzgerald, who is a former player uh, with the Florida Panthers, and I think I don't remember any any other teams. Um, yeah, and Casey but, plays for our hometown, but, but but he beat down Casey Fitzgerald in an NHL playoff game Tuesday night. I mean, he just absolutely threw him down in Rochester. He he threw some <laughs> he threw some couple of nice punches in there, but it wasn't like a complete beat down. I mean, he caught well, him I I saw the video. It was a they, uh, the story. They had a Twitter uh, yeah, uh, video, it. and he just yeah. absolutely destroyed him and threw him down. It wasn't an absolute destroy. I mean, when you see absolute destroying, I mean, go watch some of the Bob Probert videos where people are like unconscious on the. Ice. I don't even know if Casey Fitzgerald even got a punch in. He didn't. So yeah, you can't say it wasn't a beatdown. I mean, it was a total. So this. Uh, um, a uh, Hochuk is, you know, might be a good, uh, you know, uh, the Devils, it might be something the Devils need, you know, get some toughness. So we'll, maybe we'll see him next year in New Jersey. Um, But uh, that's uh, all the news I got, unless you have any, any stories that I didn't get. No, no, nothing that jumps out at me right now. I think uh, that's pretty much all that, that I've seen and, and been told. Well, it looks like it's time for this go. week's... So this week's Duster, um, and I actually was uh, kind of there. It came out of two of them actually, um, but I decided on Patrick Hornquist. Now I don't know what's really? going on with him. He he's he, you know he's an elite player. He's you know he's always great for the net. But in game one of this round, he had. His ice time was 8 minutes and 18 seconds. And game two, he got relevated to the fourth line. Yes, he played 11 minutes and 27 seconds, but he only had one shot on goal. He was on the fourth line. And now I know the Panthers are stacked with talent, but what the heck is Horkman? I mean, I, maybe maybe the, this shows the, the depth of the Panthers, but what is Horkman doing on the fourth line? Uh 
he he should at least be on the second line, if not the well, maybe maybe not the top line anymore. Uh, but at least his third, second or third line. Um, in the playoffs, he's uh, got a goal and assist in seven games, and he's an he's an even. Uh, but in the in in his career playoffs, he's had twenty eight goals and twenty five assists. Now I don't know what's if he's injured or why he's not scoring, but I mean you got to give him some playing time. I mean eleven minutes does sound like a lot, but when you look at some of these other players, they're getting eighteen to twenty minutes. You know what, what can you do? You know. Uh, with with just playing eight minutes in first game and eleven and you know they they both they actually lost both of them in seven in seven games he's played seventy two minutes uh, total in the regular season he had sixty uh, sixty five games he only had eleven goals and seventeen assists so I mean is he on a decline de- decline his career you know end of his career I, and that's interesting um, because he's he's like. Battle ready. He, I mean, how many years did he have in Pittsburgh? And and, and uh, I don't have that stat right offhand, but yeah, he, um, he might he might he, be on the uh, he might be on the, on the he, down, down maybe you know because he's always you know right in front of that kind of like you know so, sort of like kind of like me except for I don't I'm not like that physical, but I mean he's just like on top of the crease you know battling. He actually almost had a goal. In game two, he tried to he right in front of the net. He tried to poke it. it was a, the the puck was laying between uh, Vasilevsky's legs, and he tried to poke it in, and he actually knocked it into the corner. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe he's just gripping a stick too tight, or he's just done, or you know, maybe you know, all those physical abuse, you know, cut, taken to a toe toe. But um, yeah, I I still don't think he should be on the fourth line. Um, yeah, I, he he needs to get a goal. You know, maybe he's just in a slump. But he, you know, he I, the, maybe the coach is trying to send him a message by putting him on the fourth line. But you you got to put him on the second line. You know, you maybe put him with with uh, um one of their one of their uh, shooters because he's you know Horkris is right in front of that. That's his game. And, yep. you know, that's where, and, and that's and those are the playoff. Those are the playoff goals. Those are the goals that you scored the playoff right around the net. So, and which is notice well, surprisingly that he's only got one goal in the playoffs. So, that was my uh, my uh, duster a, for the week. Yeah, that's an interesting duster. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to look in. It's getting it's getting kind of tough. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm really looking in, you know, and, and he and I and I made sure I was looking. I was like, is he injured? And I didn't see anything. He's not injured. So yeah, but it's time to get a little positive here. Good news, good news, good news. I thought I so a uh, a former Wild prospect. That's he's actually a Calgary native. Christopher Foucault saved a six-year-old girl from drowning. Um, he, his, and, and, and his favorite movie is The Guardian. Um, and if it wasn't for, if he wasn't playing hockey, he He'd be a superhero. He wanted no. He won. He he wanted to join the Canadian Coast Guard. 
Really? Well, That's kind of cool. Which is kind of interesting. And yeah. he, he was a fourth-round pick in 2009 by the Wild. He played one game for the Wild, and then uh, he's been playing in Europe. But an interesting side note, this was in the Bahamas, um, and this, the six-year-old girl got swept up in, in a rip current. And, and, and this, is, this is where it gets interesting. Because of uh, Hawaii's COVID restrictions, their family, because he was, he, he was there with his family, his wife, and, and I believe he's got two kids, um, their, their family vacation got moved to the Bahamas. So it's a, kind of a good thing that the Hawaii yeah. did have those uh, restrictions. Otherwise, Somebody this six-year-old girl it. wouldn't be alive. So just want to give a nice little shout-out to Fuko. And also um, – Fuko, you the man. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't – you know, I, I kind of – uh, the good news segment usually only has one, but there's also a second one. Just just briefly, uh, the Panthers, uh, I didn't catch her name. They honored a 100-year-old veteran before game two. Got uh, one heck of a standing ovation. And uh, so I thought that was that was pretty cool for them you to do that. You said Canadian? Would you say uh, 100? 100, she, she was 100. She's 100 years old. From Canada, that veteran. No, I don't know. She's just oh. a veteran. Uh, you, uh, I'm sure U.S. She's she's a veteran. Cool. You know, military. Very cool. Yep. Military. Very very cool. So that moves us into uh, some injury updates. Um, just a couple. I don't. I think we touched on this earlier. Uh, actually, I don't think I touched on point. Uh, he was he was day to day. I don't believe he played in game one. I know he was doubtful. Um, it's they don't they're not saying what injury it is, but speculation was that it was a right leg issue, and he was out for game two with lower body. So we'll see if he's going to be out for game three as well. Um, and so that's pretty much all the injury news as of right now. Um, yeah, I, don't I don't think there's very many. It just the beat up Tampa Bay. Other than Tampa Bay, I mean, we covered that earlier. They're just they're just beat up. They're not um, just beat up. They're so no, bad. I don't know, blocking, blocking shots and yeah, I don't know. Again, they're just brutal. well. I guess I mean it, when there, when there's a player playing with a broken foot, I guess what is an injury? You know, I guess nobody's injured really. <laughs> if you play with a broken foot, so that, I mean that then then these other players are like, oh. You got a hurt hand. You got to play. This kid played with a broken foot. <laughs> right. You're, you're going to let him play with a broken foot and you got a hurt arm. <laughs> um, so, did, I, did any more offseason things for the no, wing? No, nothing right now. It's been quiet on the, um, uh, quiet on the wing. I know. What about, um, I know that's not free agent season yet, but. Um, any news on you know any any free agents that you'd want to maybe see in in Detroit? I know you keep mentioning Forsberg, and I know you love just, to, I would love to see Fiala. Fiala in Detroit. Um, I I don't think Fiala is, is, is but I I would like to see Forsberg. 
Um, you know, I, I well, I, I um, actually, um, they're not, uh, another thing I think Poyo's playing a game, but he's not releasing any, any, uh, anything on the talks on Forsberg, but he says it's, it's, it's getting, it's moving along. Uh, okay. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're both sides are dedicated to, you know, to sustain Nashville. So I guess it's just trying to find out what's best for both parties. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't, gonna be tough for I, I don't, he's got to figure out what, I don't think Forsberg will be, you know, I mean, I, I, I just don't think, I, I, I kind of think you need to kind of pencil him out for now. I think you need to, to look at some other free agents. To backfill if he leaves. You got to have a plan B. But, yeah, I mean, he, he's not, he, he's not, he hasn't signed yet. So there's obviously communication that's ongoing. Um you got to kind of decide what what part of I mean, you guys are always I mean, if you look at the Preds fans and what they say on social media, what what I hear them saying, it's is they're always like we're not in like a we're in like a quote unquote rebuild. No, it's not a quote unquote rebuild. You're not in like a half build like you're in a rebuild or you're not like you're either putting the pieces together to make it to the cup because you've got everything lined up or you're rebuilding your team because you just haven't been able to get there. So, I mean, they've got some young guys that they can build around. I just think it's a good time to really think. I mean, they can't think about the short term. And that's that's why I think they're they might be taking longer on on Forsberg than you think because is Forsberg going to be in his prime when the Predators are actually ready to make it to that big jump? I don't know. I mean, if they can put together a good season next year, they could go to the Stanley Cup. I mean, they've got the talent. I already went through it. He just explained it. He's just getting into his prime now with his forty-two, you know, career right. high in goals. But you have to build, um, a, but but I mean, if but, you keep him in, if you keep him here, I I and I'm against big, huge contracts, and I bet you that's what he's going to go for. Is one of those huge, giant contracts that's going to kind of screw you from the beginning to end, because um, guys don't usually pan out after those big contracts. And not only that, but. Again, is is he going to be putting up the same numbers in three to five years when Janot is like full bore running the NHL and you've got three or four Janos? I'm just saying, but I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get better and better and better and better. He's just that type of a player. I mean, look what he did this year. So I mean, if you could get three Janos for next year, for I mean, if you could if you could get rid of Forsberg. And bring in three Janos, three more Janos, who all play together for the next five years. I mean, you're going to have another perfection line. Yeah, well, they better. Is that is that worth it to you? I mean, is is that worth the trade? Like, okay, and we'll get rid of Forsberg now, but they need to find the next set of talented players because in five years, I want to be I want to be pushing for a cup. Well, they better have more than twenty-seven goals. Well, well, of course. I mean, that's why I said the next five years because they're going to need time to hit their groove. They're going to need time to get some experience. They got to get up to speed. I mean, look at Stamkos. Look at look at Crosby. Like they came in, they played well. They played just as good as freaking Jano did. Maybe a little bit better in their rookie season. But at the end of the day, those guys became legends. Those guys grew into you know major 
figures in the NHL. So, yeah, I just I think I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for Nashville. I don't follow them close enough. I follow them just not deep enough to know if if Forsberg is the answer for their future. He might be. Only time will tell. I, yeah. I hope he's. I hope he stays in Nashville though. He's he's a good figure there. Well, if they do, if they do decide not sign him, they better get somebody that scores fifty goals to replace him. Um, but the 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 one thing that's bothering me is his playoff. Uh, you know, he had he had one playoff goal this year, and he's really he really hasn't had a good playoff. Um, yeah, your stance. Um, so, I, you know that that's kind of bothersome for me. You know, he he shows he could do it during a regular season, but he hasn't really been able to do it in the playoffs. And you know that that's what you need is people that perform in the playoffs because that's the ultimate goal. Yeah, um, and they're not quite there yet. They're young. I mean, I feel like they're younger, maybe not so experienced team, but. I mean, what what are you thinking? But yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, I want I I want him at least for a year, at least one one or two years. So I don't know, you know, that might be another thing on his contract. He he probably wants a long term deal. Um, so I wonder if that's one of the reasons what why the Predators are kind of stalling. Um, they might only want a couple year deal out of him, you know, because he's. You know he's in his prime now, and in two to three years he'll probably pass his prime. So you know they might not want to sign to a, a five six year deal like what he probably wants because I mean he 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 says he wants to stay in Nashville, so he he's probably looking at a nice long term contract so you don't have to worry about it and you can you know retire you know you know stay there and. So I'm I'm wondering if that's I'm just kind of speculating. I'm wondering if that's one of the one of the, um one of the drawbacks. I you know I'm, I, it might be money, but I I wouldn't I would hope it wouldn't be the money because you know you you, you got a player like Forsberg, you got you got to give him the money. I mean, obviously you're not going to pay him twenty million like you know some other players get, but you know maybe a ten ten to twelve million like Duchesne definitely. Um, He's definitely worth Duchesne money, but I, I'm I'm thinking I'm just thinking it's probably the length of, length of contract. You know, if, if if I'm a GM, yeah, I want him to stay, and I want I, I'd like to give him a five ten year or you know, well not a ten year, like a five or six year deal. Right. But realistically, you know, look at it. He's obviously in his prime now, so his career high in goals, and you know, I, if I'm a GM. Uh, Looking at the team, I'm only going to sign him to a two-year contract, maybe three. Um, but anyway, uh, we can discuss that you know, as you know, as as, 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 as a free as the free agency deal uh, comes closer and closer, which is you know, it's getting towards June now, so it's another about another month away. Yep. So, but uh, we got some playoff schedules, um, playoff games coming up. Tell um, us, D-Law, what do you got? So Saturday tomorrow. Um, I want your predictions or, or on the game today. Um, there's only one game, uh, 
and it's you gotta wait till eight o'clock tonight. Uh, eight o'clock Saturday night, Colorado and St. Louis. This is game three. Yes, yeah, game three. That's gonna be on TNT. So I think St. Louis, you know, coming home. Um, coming home for game three, you know, fresh off that win. The fans are going to be revved up, ready to go. And I think St. Louis is going to come flying out of the gate. And I think St. Louis is going to take game three. Um, you think so? I, I'm not even going to say his score because, I, you know, after the Edmonton-Calgary game, it's so unpredictable. I'm just going to say St. Louis is going to come flying out of the gate, and they're going to—I mean, obviously, it's probably going to be a back and forth game. St. Louis wins that game tomorrow. But St. Louis is going to win that game. I agree. St. Louis wins that game. What do we got next? What do we got? And then you got Sunday. Um, there's only one game Saturday because day of rest. Tampa Bay has uh, there's a concert in Tampa and uh, St. What, what I, I want to call CP times more, but it's not that anymore. That I'm dating myself there. Um, I don't remember what the, what what is it called. I don't know. Um, but the Tampa Bay Arena is hosting a concert, um, so obviously they can't play while it's a concert. Oh, that that might be kind of fun. I mean, well, the Predators do. The yeah, Predators have Predators have a concert while right. they're playing. So and like <laughs> put put, I'm put them go. put them on the band stage. So you, know you got. What are you going for a prediction on that one? So Sunday you got Florida Tampa Bay at one thirty on TNT. At Tampa Bay is you know they're coming home, um, but I think you know Florida's you know they might surprise I, you. They won the president's they're, they're, trophy. They're, you know their their backs are against the wall pretty much. I know it's only two nothing, but it's, if it's they, a must win. If, this if game is lose, a must win. If they lose game three, they're you know I it's mean, over. They're gonna get not, There's not a lot of teams that come back from three zero down. I mean, it, it can be done and it has been sure, done, of course. But I think Florida's going to come out and and really take Tampa Bay uh, at you know, Bay, and that's a one thirty game on Sunday, so. Get get your get your uh, get your Popcorn munchies man. munchies and your beer ready and sit down for some a nice game a nice day of hockey because uh, then that's on TNT and then uh, you got the Carolina and Rangers at three thirty on ESPN and that uh, judging by what's going on in this uh, uh, game two that's, that's going to be game. a great game and that's going to be in New York now obviously uh, the I mean, it's it's this game. Game two is not far from being decided. I mean, is it going to be one one? Is it going to be two all? But the Rangers come home uh, game three. I think the Rangers are going to win game three. You think so? Yeah, I think Carolina is making a statement. just because they're home. I'm going. I'm going Carolina. I think they're going to make a statement in the Florida game. I think. Florida, uh, and then, uh, then you got Calgary Edmonton, eight p.m. That's going to be on ESPN two, and that's an yeah, Edmonton. That's an Edmonton. So you know, that's is it going to be known as Goal Fest? We'll we'll find it out. It might be. They do play tonight too, so you know. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun to watch. And then that's the that's the one to get get sitting down and watch. Yeah, well, I don't know. I kind of want to see the Florida Tampa Bay game. Um, but then Monday, uh, you got Tampa Bay 
at home. And this is this is going to be interesting because back to back, they had they had two days off because of that Saturday concert. Uh, but back to back games, um, even though Sunday is an afternoon game, Monday is a seven p.m. game on TNT. That's going to be uh, that's going to be interesting because I mean, not very often they play back to back in playoffs. So right, um, I I don't even know. I, I'm going to say Tampa is probably going to win that one just because you know you know it, the, the Sunday game was probably going to be really a hard fought physical game. Right, Florida might be. Although Tampa Bay's kind of uh, been beat up too, but they I'm showed that Tampa. They, they showed that that hasn't really uh, bothered them. And then you got St. Louis, Colorado at nine thirty on TNT, and I'll, I'll be playing my game. Uh, uh, actually, no, my game's at eight thirty on Monday, so I'll miss, I'll miss um, pretty much both those games. And then Tuesday, you got the Rangers and Carolina again at seven p.m. on ESPN. Uh, that's again in New York. Um, I think Carolina will win that. I think they'll get to split. Yeah, I'm gonna go New York that game. Also getting them the split. And then, and then the Edmonton and Calgary at nine thirty on ESPN. So I'm going with Calgary and uh, like Edmonton in that game. Edmonton's the home team on that one. I, I, I don't. Even, I'm gonna say Calgary. Um, you know, the, who knows? Was this the They're making a bid for the cup. I'm telling you. Um, but this has turned out to be kind of another long show, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, but you know, stay tuned next week. Um, not sure. I'll probably have to record sometime earlier. Uh, I'm not sure when. Yeah, we might have to alter our day um, and time next week. But, but we'll 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 have an episode 16. I just not we're just not sure what when it is. Um, we'll get it out though. But, as always, uh, thanks for tuning in to this week's Pred Wings Podcast. Yeah, and make sure you you like us on all of our social medias. Um, But, yeah, D-Law, I agree. Good night, Hockey Town. See you, Smashville. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? There's a cold blue calling my 